It's time for two big knuckleheads to talk some prep football here on the Muddy River Breakdown. I'm Muddy River Sports Editor Matt Shuckman. Joining me, the play-by-play voice of WTAD's Game Night Broadcast and Muddy River News Editor, David Adam. What's up, buddy? Also known as the other big knucklehead. You are a big knucklehead. So, what's going on today? Uh, Not much. Looking forward to tomorrow. I'm going to actually go play. Hopefully, nine holes of golf with my middle daughter, which we've never done. Cool. We've gone to the golf course before, but she's kind of got a hankering to go play golf, and we're going to see how where this goes. We went to the driving range the other day. Um, She took a borrowed three iron and probably hit 50 balls. Ten of them were struck the way a three iron should be struck. Forty of them were dribblers back to the mound and it might have been a swing and a miss but that's what happens when you get started well, and i think it's awesome that she just wants to get started well, let's, <clears throat> let's face it you and i have hit quite a few worm burners absolutely. ourselves so <laughs> absolutely i think it's awesome so we're going to go play and then i'm going to go well, down to breeze tomorrow night. and say and that's the advantage of going on the road to cover games is you get to experience some different things whether it would be a different place to eat a different atmosphere for a game a chance to see your daughter who's living in the st louis area mm-hmm. you know that, that's some of the beauty of going on the road, aside from the games itself. Yeah. I mean, even last week, uh, I'd never been to the Soul Bowl. Heard okay. of, I'd heard of it. Yeah. Um, um, and it was a, a wonderful atmosphere. East Moline was celebrating uh, uh, its homecoming. I, I, you know what? I'm still an 80s guy. I still call them East Moline, even though I know it's United Township. Um, well, but but it was it was United Township at some point back then too. Of course, but nobody ever called them United right. Township. And now everybody calls it UT. Yeah, they're, they're UT and everything. Anyway, really good crowd, really nice at, nice atmosphere. The whole the whole nine yards. Um, unfortunately, UT is really overrated. Yeah, I was gonna say they they came in hyped with the three and zero record. Um, obviously, their success in the spring led to some of that hype. Absolutely, um, they went four, won four and two in the spring. Um, hadn't had a winning season in twenty years. Uh, hadn't, but won. they lost twenty two starters, and yeah. I think that was the one thing that, no matter what you thought about the spring, no matter what you thought about their their three and zero start, for their first chance to win four games in a row in twenty years, the fact was they lost twenty. To starters, there are other programs in the state that can lose twenty-two starters, and they just reload. Right, UT's not that at that point yet. No, but they've made such incredible progress. Oh my god, it was, it was a forty-seven game losing streak yes. up until last year. It was Big Six record. Um, so you know, credit them for that progress. Credit Quincy High for the way it played because it it went up there and laid the wood. To the Panthers. You know, and, and look, it was it was probably 50%, wow, UT isn't as good as a lot of people thought that they would be. It was also 50%, Quincy High School played pretty well. Um, they uh, offensively ran the ball very effectively. They had two rushers with over 100 yards. Um, Aiden Byquist just gets a little bit better and a little bit better yep. all the time. Um, with his throwing. Uh, He's established himself, though, as the quarterback yes, of this team. You know, uh, in, in fact, uh, Rick Little did not play his freshman son until the fourth quarter when the game was well right. decided. Um, I believe he's still going to give him 
a series or two in every varsity game. But in this particular one, he didn't really need to play him until the end. And then, of course, I really, I really like Rick's son. I, I like everything that he does out there. And he threw a touchdown pass in uh, his first series, and they just ran out the clock in yeah. the second, second series. But uh, a lot of good things from Quincy's standpoint. They were better on special teams. Uh, they dominated the game defensively. The only touchdown that they gave up until it was, uh, you know, subs time was on a mistake. Uh, uh, Byquist threw a swing pass to Shammy Gay. Uh, it was short. It was at his feet. It rolled to a stop, and Shammy thought it was an incomplete pass. And instead, uh, East Moline United Township defender picked it up and ran in, in the end zone right. for a touchdown. That was the only score that the Panthers had until the second strings were all in the ballgame. Well, what it's done for Quincy High School is it's made the playoffs a real possibility. Well, I think there was some doubt. You know, oh, when you, when you yeah. look at what had happened um, through three weeks, sitting at one and two, you know you're not out of it at one and two, but there was like, okay, they, they didn't. Who are they going to beat? Who, yeah, and that was the big question. Well, now you, and you, you're going on the road to a team that's picked to beat you because everybody's hyping it. Mm-hmm. And you go up there and, and you smack them around. Then you see that Moline shuts out Rocky in shocking and fashion. shot. Yeah, no what was question. Sixty two, sixty four to nothing. Seven wasn't so, it? So it was sixty something to nothing. Yeah, uh, largest margin Moline. of victory in the hundred twenty six years of that high school football rivalry. Yeah, and 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 those two and, and 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 Quincy had just played that same Moline team to a pretty at least. I mean, Quincy uh, had the lead uh, at uh, halftime. Yeah, and, and got beat up in the third quarter. But but was right there, right? And so you know. now, so then you go, can they beat Rock Island? Well, can they beat Gale, Galesburg? Was Galesburg, expected to be at the bottom of the conference this year. Galesburg Just, picked up its first win last week. It's now one and three. Right. So 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 you figure, and that's the game that's coming up this yes. week. You still got Geneseo, which is a very young team that lost we, to United Township and lost to Galesburg right? last week. And you have an Alleman team that is wow, abysmal. They're they're bad, and and from what I hearing is the schools in. Deep trouble. Yeah. As in, as in we may not have a Western Big – well, you don't have a Western Big 6. You have a Western Big 8 right now, but so you may go to a 7. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, that's another story for another day. That's right. Um, but right now, you Galesburg coming in Friday night for homecoming, um, which I think is a very winnable game. Um, you got to figure there's going to be some excitement coming off the victory over UT. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they're healthy, which is a good sign for Quincy. Absolutely. Well, they were able to run the ball. Um, Greg Quince had another great game uh, uh, offensively and defensively. He's he's probably become their most dangerous threat and maybe their most valuable player because yeah. he's such a good, a good safety for them. I was going to say defensively he's pretty stout. Yeah. And so um, I think – but I thought it was interesting to talk to Coach Rick Little after the game in which, you know, you never want to overemphasize a victory. You never, never want to underemphasize a loss. But with a young team like this, that there's so many new players. There's a lot of talent, but there's so many new players. They aren't the best at understanding, well, yeah, you played somebody close. You're still getting there. Those guys, they, they, they need a little bit more positive reinforcement. Yeah. I think that victory last week will go a long way to giving them the confidence too. that they I need to potentially beat a Rock Island, a Galesburg, a Geneseo, and an Alleman. I mean, could this team go 6-3? and three? Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to beat Sterling. 
I don't think anybody expects that to happen. But you never know. But, but, you just never know because nobody expected them to beat UT last week. But the fact is they have a legitimate chance yes. to go 6-3 and three no or 5-4 and four and get in the playoffs no with a question. team that has three seniors. Right. I think that's that's a remarkable uh, accomplishment. I agree. Another team that's looking at the playoffs is a team that's sitting across town at 4-0 and oh, and is one of only 64 teams in the entire state that's 4-0. Oh. It's already down to 64. Sorry, 64. Well, this is the, this is sort of the and, gauntlet and, part and, of their schedule. And two isn't it? of them face each other. The, we're talking about Quincy Notre Dame, four and zero. They play a four and zero Breeze Modern Day team this week at Breeze, and then and then four and zero Muhammad Seymour at QND, and then Lutheran St. Charles, who I guess beat the holy heck out of Duchenne last yes. week. That Notre Dame fought like the Dickens so, to beat. I've, I, from what I understand, Lutheran St. Charles, I think, has someone said three offensive linemen who are Division One level. Uh, caliber players. Um, I, from what I hear, Lutheran St. Charles is stupidly good. So you got a three week gauntlet mm-hmm. that you're going to have to go through. Starting you with gotta figure, Duchenne, really, it's a four week gauntlet because Duchenne was yeah. also pretty good. Well, and I think I, from what I understand, I know Lutheran St. Charles smoked Duchenne, but I think Duchenne was up was without players in that game, and that, and that I did and not, I, know. and I can't tell you exactly who um, without looking at my notes, but. But apparently, it was significant players, like, you know, impact players. Gotcha. So, not to say Lutheran St. Charles is still very good. Right. So, but, you know, the, the gauntlet continues this week with a trip to Breeze Modern Day. What do you know about Modern Day? Again, Forno, athletic, you know. Are they going to throw the ball they're around? They're going to throw the bit? ball around, you know. It's Breeze Modern Day. It's Breeze, it's Breeze Modern Day against Quincy Notre Dame. So, you know there's going to be a lot of emotion it's become a heated rivalry. You know, two years ago they played in the state quarterfinals at Modern Day. Notre Dame won. We've seen coaches go nose to nose over the years in post game. I mean, it's and it's a great <laughs> facility. It is, it's a very right there on the campus. Yes, beautiful little place. Um, I will ask, what do you know about Notre Dame's multiplier and how that is being applied this year? From because what I thought I understand was basically the winner of that quarterfinal game last year was going to get the multiplier applied this year, which is why Notre Dame I think is in the three A. They're maybe in the three A four A playoffs where if if they didn't have the multiplier. They're in possibly a two-way team. I think they were going to end up. They would end up being three A no matter what. Okay. Um, again, how how the multipliers exactly? Ha- it's the new multiplier. It's the new multiplier. So honestly, I don't know because I haven't sat down and, and and figured it out yet. You know what? There's only one multiplier right now that makes a difference. Two plus one equals three at the Cornell House. Yep. That news apparently came across uh, uh, Wednesday night. Yes. That Jack. I'm, I'm not sure what's more important, did the, the, that the child showed up or that he doesn't have to miss a game on Friday night to well, be there for the child. Baby, baby C has arrived. Uh-huh. Do we have a name for Baby C? I don't know yet. I have not. I, I've I've got a little does, bit does, of information. Does, does Baby C already have, like, facial hair and a, and a, and a long beard? I mean, a holy I, I assume I it's only... already wearing number 73. So, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, to let everybody know, Jack Cornell and his wife, Lauren, She's been pregnant, had a due date. Not anymore. Had had a due date here in September. Um, they made it through last weekend, even though he was prepared and. No, was she there? Do you know that? No, no, she didn't go on the road last weekend. But he was prepared for a quick trip home. Had let the bus driver know that if need be. You know the the plans were in place, uh, but nothing happened last Friday. Okay. 
So they they induced this week. Okay, so they induced. Yes, okay. they did. And uh, Wednesday night, Baby C arrived. Is it any truth to the rumor that Baby C showed up in a three point stance? I don't know about that. So, but uh, I was told a future offensive lineman has been born. So it is a future offensive lineman. Yeah, I, you never know. <laughs> but a future future Raider football player. All right. Um, but congratulations to Jack and his and and Lauren and their families. Um, I, I know talking to him Friday night, he was excited, but he wanted to make sure he didn't miss a game. Yeah. So so it, it worked out well. Um, I was out at Quincy Notre Dame's practice on on Wednesday, and at that point in time, at the end of practice, so we're talking between six and six thirty, uh, no baby had arrived yet, and so there was conversations of, well, when's baby going to get here? And will it get here in time for Jack to be at Friday's game? Mm-hmm. And a couple of the coaches laughed and said, "Jack will make sure it happens." <laughs> so then he's at do, Friday's like, yell, game. Yell at, yell at her <laughs> stomach and go, "Hey, get out of here! We got practice to get through." It was it was fun talking to him last week mm-hmm. because he wasn't overly nervous about the whole thing. He did, anytime I've talked to him about it, he yeah. just seems pretty matter of fact about yeah, it. And we're so. just ready. And we're excited, and I'm a first time dad. And yeah, he's, let's, he's let's do very this. excited about it, which is great. So, um, but a, a, a victory over Breeze Modern Day, along with the birth of his son. Somebody's going to be week, passing out cigars on Friday night. He, if that he's he's going to be a very happy man if that takes place. Well, Friday I tell you, night. it sounds like. Notre Dame's defense is a state tournament caliber yes. level level defense. Now, I, I don't I think there's any doubt in my, I, I, about yeah, that. I, I I do too. And I, their special teams, you know, yes. because you have a you have a kicker. Better eats it can really thump it. Yeah, he really can, and, and he's accurate. Mm-hmm. So if it gets down to a point where you need a field goal to win a game, there you go. You got a guy that can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but offensively, what I understood, and I didn't get to see any of it was offensively the Raiders struggled. I mean, the fact is, of the 22 points they scored, one was a recovered fumble in the end zone on a block punt, I believe, and the other was Charlie Lavery's uh, touchdown interception run. I would always ask Charlie, if after making that run, I'm surprised he made it 99 yards without his shoelaces coming apart because <laughs> when I knew Charlie as a kid, he never had his shoelaces tied. He's always been Charlie's shoelaces to me. Wow. But the fact is, they scored two non-offensive touchdowns right. to win that game. And so it will be interesting to see what adjustments or that were made or are they just going to be crisper in what they want to do offensively. But that's got to be – if there's a concern for the Raiders, yeah. it's got to be does this team have a state tournament-level offense ready to go by week 10? We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Time to go. But there's there's other – Games this week, we, you know, we've talked about the two Quincy schools, but there's some really important games on the other side of the river. Or Last week, we had a state-ranked state, state ranked battle on the Illinois side when we had Brown County against Central. I think Brown County, after winning that game, Brown County goes 9-0 and and well, rolls into the playoffs. The only other team left on their schedule that, I, that can compete with them, I think, is, is Jacksonville route. Yeah, and I, I think Brown County's and – and I think Central could go 8-1. and one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and – we're looking at two area teams that could could meet again, like in a quarterfinal game. Yeah, you could, they could be set up for something special in the mm-hmm. postseason, Absolutely. depending on what happens. Um, but on the other side of the river, we got the Mayor's Cup this week. It's almost the only problem is, I mean, shouldn't the Mayor's Cup always be like week seven, week eight? You know, well, it was always thing. week nine, yeah. and then you was you started districts the next week. Well, then they revamped the district format, 
Um, and then it became how do you how do you fit that game into the schedule when you're not in the same you're not at the same class level either. So it was so you had you had a balance there you had to try to figure out. And you know, I know David Kirby and David Kirby, the Monroe City coach, and Kevin Miles, the Palmyra coach, are actually really good friends and get along really well. Don't you find that about a lot of coaches? Oh yeah, no here. question. There's, there's a lot of coaches. They just won't friends. be friends for about three hours Friday Absolutely. night. Um, but he wanted Palmyra as the homecoming game. So this is Monroe City's homecoming game, and it's the Mayor's Cup. It's Monroe versus Palmyra. So there won't be a seat available Oh, no, anywhere. not a chance. It's, anywhere. And Monroe's ranked number two in the state in Class 1. Palmyra got off to a, a rugged start here, but has won two in a row, now getting votes in the state poll again, even at two and two, because I think people know what they're capable of. Um, you've got Hannibal playing Mexico this week. Again, a state-ranked team in Hannibal. Mexico, the only team that could contend for the NCMC championship along with Hannibal. So, I mean, this is the only – between now and week nine, this is the only chance of Hannibal facing any real stiff competition. Yeah, my guess is, is after this, they're going to have three or four weeks of oh, yeah. blowout after blowout after no blowout. No question. And then you got a, a big one in the, in the emo – is there really such a thing as a big game in the emo? When it, when it, when ball when Bowling Green's involved, there is. <laughs> Wait, we had we had we had we had, a, we had something from the crowd here. We 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 we're, we're blocking them out. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you get the Frankfurters involved, <laughs> you know it's a big game. Um, but no, Bowling Green four um, zero against a, a Bowling Green that I think a lot of people thought would be really yes. good against a Mark Twain team that I'm not sure anybody was convinced that they were going to be at this well, level. Well, new coach. Time. Yep. You know, Austin Leak coming home. Austin Leak, former member of the Bowling Green staff. Mm -hmm. So, um, will he have any intel from his days at Bowling Green that can help them out this week? That'll be interesting. But I think, I mean, I mean that's a big game for, for small school Missouri over there oh, yeah. to see, you know. For, for Mark Twain, it's how do you stack up? Well, to be honest, I thought the game against Lexington two weeks ago was the how do you stack up game. And they passed that test yeah. fabulously. But this this is this is playoff caliber. This well, we is, know Lexington. We we thought would be good based on past experience. Yeah. We know Bowling Green's good, no question. So, again, big games on that side of the river this week. Where are you um, going to be Friday night? I'll be at Flynn Stadium. I'll be with the the Raiders, and we'll have we'll Greece. have people spread out around Northeast Missouri, mm -hmm. helping us track everything. Um, it's going to be interesting. It, you know, I, I'm. The weather's starting to feel like football weather. Oh my gosh, this morning was just what glorious. a beautiful. Oh man, just beautiful weather. So it's it should be a fun Friday night. Um, you'll be on the air. Yep. With Chad, Deuce, your house with Deuce on the loose. There. Yep. Deuce will be there. Well, and, good. Uh, um, you know, and I'll let you know how uh, how. I'm not too worried about my score. I want to see how, you know. Yeah. And, and really, I'm hoping not to keep score no. with Jill. I want to, I'm going to just count the number, of, number know, of solid I could care less about hit. the score. Yeah. I just want to know if she enjoyed it. That, that's, that, that'll be the key. Well, I think that's what she only wants to play nine. Yeah. Now, now, from what I understand, the course we're going to, it costs $16 for nine holes and $17 for 18 holes. Okay. Let's let's roll the dice and go for $17. Maybe we'll get in 12 or 13 holes. That's my hope. 
You're springing for it, right? I would love to, but I'm not sure she'll let. <laughs> yeah, that's what adult daughters. I know. That, that independence thing. Yes, I know. You so. don't have to take care of me, Dad. Yeah. I, I have my own checkbook. I know, I know. But sometimes I just like to. Yeah, exactly. You're a dad. That's right. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, hanging out with me today. Yes, sir. And we'll do it again next week. This is Two Big Knuckleheads on the Muddy River Breakdown talking prep football. I'm Muddy River Sports Editor Matt Shuckman. We'll see you here again next week.